Half a day and welcome to Live Till 5. It's Friday, August 3rd, 3.04 p.m. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, back from a trip. So for those of you who just started listening in the last month, you've heard some of the other guest hosts. But I'm back now and ready for another episode of Live Till 5, episode 275. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. This is 88.1 FM, KHMG, Barragata, Guam. Glad to have you with us today. Whether you're listening on the dial, 88.1 FM, or you're listening online, khmg.org. Glad to have you with us today. You can follow us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio, Guam. Find us on Facebook. Follow us. Then you'll get updates every time we upload something new or send out a new link. We love to have people following us on Facebook, getting on our website. You know, our website is full of great resources. Podcasts of this show and many other great shows we produce here at KHMG. Building Great Leaders, Living Redemptively, Take Note, Harvest Time, Harvest Highlights, etc., etc. Plus, we have some other great preaching on there that has been put into a library so you can look up by speaker, by date, by Bible passage, by topic. Great resource that you can download messages and use those for your own personal edification, khmg.org. As I said, glad to have you with us today. We're on Twitter and Instagram as well. I just can't remember. I've been gone for a few weeks. I can't remember the exact location. But if you look up Harvest Family Radio on Twitter, Instagram, you'll find us. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Great to have you with us today, and it's great to be back. Been back for a couple days. Actually got back last Friday night late. We were able to come back from the States. We got bumped up about five hours, actually, because there was a storm heading for Japan. And so the airline notified us of the weather, the possibility of weather interfering with our flight. So we called them, and they moved us from the flight that left at 9 p.m. to the flight that left at 4 p.m., so we got in at 10, 10.30, and uh, instead of getting in at 2 a.m. Saturday morning. So it was actually a, a serendipitous opportunity for us to be able to get our flight moved up. We had a great time. For those of you that were wondering where in the world I was at, well, we were in Kansas City, Missouri, Northtown to be exact, for those of you who know Kansas City. We were in Northtown for about nine days visiting family. We have family that live overseas and in other Asian countries. We have family that live all over the States. We all gathered together. My kids came down. We had a great time. Went to Worlds of Fun Amusement Park. Shout out to Worlds of Fun. It was 103 degrees, so we were the only people there. Never had to stand in line for anything because it was so hot. All the people with common sense that weren't traveling from the other side of the planet stayed home in the air conditioning, and uh, we were out there roasting all day, but had a great time. Then we went to Iowa for a week to spend some time with my boys and then also got to uh, meet one of our son's 
is dating. We got to meet the parents of the girl he's dating. And then we got to meet the young man that my son, my daughter's dating as well. So we had a great time. Rented a pontoon boat, went fishing all day and just floated around the lake visiting and eating snacks and barely catching any fish at all. Then we flew to Virginia for a couple days. We had a really cool experience. We were hoping to get to Virginia and we found through our airline mileage a a ticket from Des Moines, Iowa to Richmond, Virginia for zero miles. I don't know if that's ever happened to you before, but we found a segment. And when we were looking up all different options and travel, it didn't look like we were going to be able to go to Virginia because it was going to cost us extra miles more than what we had. And then we just changed the dates and changed the airport. And then all of a sudden we had a segment pop up and said zero miles for this segment. So that worked out great. And we were able to spend some time with my folks and my sister and brother-in-law and their kids. So we just had a good time. So Missouri, Iowa, Virginia, all of them have, have a couple things in common. First off, nice people all the way around. Had a, had a great time meeting all kinds of neat people. Uh, secondly, they had great food. So I, I have to say that I think Kansas City had the best food. Now that is where I'm from. But we went to a barbecue restaurant called Q39 that was best barbecue I've ever had in my life. And I've been there now three times, and each time it surpasses the previous experience. Also went to this Red Door, Red Barn Door, I can't remember. It's in Brookside, Missouri, right in the Kansas City area. That was really, really good as well. Great food, great service. And then we went to, in Iowa, we went to a barbecue. It's a chain but it's really good, as you can tell, barbecue's on my mind right now. But Jethro's Barbecue, if you've ever been there, the cool thing about Jethro's is you can try all of the five different kinds, five different major kinds of barbecue sauce. So like a vinegar-based one, a mustard-based one, the white sauce, the spicy one, and the sweet one. So we just, that was great. Went there twice. Zombie Burger went there. That was good. And then uh, went down to Virginia and the best cooking in Virginia was my mom's cooking, gotta say. So anyway, just had a great time and glad to be back. It's neat to be back here at Harvest at this time of year because we have a lot of new faces here. Although we have to say goodbye to some, we get to work alongside with and meet a lot of new people. And we're able to hang out with some of the new faculty and staff from Harvest Ministries this week. And they are they are full of energy, and uh, it's going to be a fun year. We're going to have a great time working with these people. So glad that God has sent them our way. So that's a little update. You know, you can turn the volume back up now if you like. Uh, you know, it's the month of August, by the way. It is August 3rd, 3.11 p.m. here at the studio. And August is. Now, this list is provided to me by Bob Shuck, the librarian. Bob, the librarian, sends me this. He He supplies me with this content every month, and I really appreciate it. Some people come to find out this is their favorite part of the whole show, and I'm not quite sure why that is, because all I do is read the list. But hey, you know what? Please, I appreciate it. We'll take what we can get. August is American Adventures Month, American Artists Appreciation Month, History Essay Contest, Indian Heritage, Black Business, Boomers Making a Difference, Cataract Awareness, that's probably the boomers there, uh, Celery, Fennel, and Cactus Month. Hmm, never thought all three of those were in the same 
category, children's eye health and safety, children's vision and learning, family meals, foot health, get acquainted with kiwi fruit. So you might see some kiwi ads this month. Happiness happens, medic alert, motorsports awareness, mushroom month, and national back to school month. Last weekend they had the Harvest House back to school backpack stash event, which is kind of cool. Uh, let's see, the first week of August here, let's just say through the 7th, for example, it's International Clown Week. Yeah, it's frightening, right? Uh, that used to bring such joy. You think, International Clown Week, oh, that's so nice. The circus must be coming to town. Oh, they're going to entertain children at the party. But now everyone's scared of clowns because of some terrible horror stories and things like that and people, you know, basically turning it into something scary. Clowns used to be fun. They used to be funny. Now, you know, they they creep people out. But it's International Clown Week. For all those clowns listening, you know, I still do look forward to your week celebration, week-long celebration. Anyway, International Mathematicians Week is the first through the ninth. Isn't that funny? It's math week, but it's nine days long. Hmm, ironic. Minority Donor Awareness Week, the first through seventh. Simplify Your Life Week. Uh, Gallup International Tribal Indian Pow Wow. Ooh, we covered this a couple years ago. This is, I think, Gallup, New Mexico. They have all different Native American and, I think, Canadian original peoples, groups, and things like that all come together for a big powwow. Uh, Let's see. Satchmo Days, third through the fifth. International Tree Climbing Days, the third through the fifth. Sturgis is this week, third through the twelfth. And um, that's about it for this first week what's happening. Let's see here. The first couple days of August are interesting. Uh, Let's see here. The first, which was two days ago, the dogest... So instead of August, it's Dogest Universal Birthday for Shelter Dogs. So if you've ever gotten a shelter dog, a lot of times they don't know how old they actually are. So they just say they're all born on August 1st. Uh, Let's see here. National Girlfriend's Day. Um, Let's see here. National Night Out. Raspberry Cream Pie Day. It's been a long time since I've had raspberry cream pie. But for those listening out there, if you ever want to celebrate that together... I'm I'm game for that. Respect for parents. Uh, Spider-Man Day was the first. Colorado Statehood Day. World Scout Scarf Day. The second, Earth Overshoot Day. Uh, International Sister Cities Day. International Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Take a Penny, Leave a Penny Day. Today is the Braham Pie Day, Esther Day, Friendship Day, uh, Watermelon Day, Tomorrow, the 4th of August, National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. Seems like we celebrated this here in the radio station a couple years ago. Someone brought us some cookies for that. Uh, let's see here. Mustard Day. You don't have to bring any mustard by. We, we already have some. Sandcastle Day is tomorrow. And U.S. Coast Guard Birthday. Honoring a little shout out to our men and women out there serving in the U.S. Coast Guard. The 5th is American Family Day, Friendship Day. National Doll Day, Kids Day, Oyster Day, Sisters Day, and Work Like a Dog Day is the fifth, unless it's every day for you. The sixth, Assistance Dog Day, Corporate Baby Name Day, Hiroshima Day, Fresh Breath Day, 
Root Beer Float Day and Wiggle Your Toes Day. The 7th, Lighthouse Day, Raspberries and Cream. So you can celebrate Raspberry Cream Pie the week before. And if you have any left over, you can put cream with it. Raspberry Cream Day. Raspberry and Cream Day on the 7th. Uh, particularly Preposterous Packaging Day. Not sure what that is. I need to look that up. Professional Speakers Day and Purple Heart Day on the 7th. The 8th is Bonza Bottler Day. Remember, the day if the day and the month coincide numerically, it's a Bonza Bottler Day. So it's 8-8. Happiness Happens. Cat Day. Frozen Custard Day. Had some of that in the States. Zucchini Day. If you live in the United States and you have a garden and you have zucchinis, you probably have more than you can handle. They just grow huge and too fast, and they all come in at once, and everyone's always giving away zucchinis at church. Uh, let's see here. Uh, wear your mother's jewelry day, if you're so inclined, on the 8th. The 9th, International Day of the World's Indigenous People, Book Lovers Day, Rice Pudding Day, and Veep Day. And the 10th, uh, Biodiesel Day. Um, let's see, Lazy Day, S'mores Day. Shop online for groceries day. That seems a little self-serving. Smithsonian day. Spoil your dog day. And worldwide art day. Those are all different special observances and holidays that are happening in the month of August. Now, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we have a little more live till five. Stranger than fiction this day in history. We have a guest coming in. And that guy is gold-plated, literally. So stick around. A little more live till 5 after this break. It is 3.17 p.m. on this Friday, August 3rd. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This is episode 275 of Live Till 5. We'll be back in just a moment. back with a little more live till 5 is 321 make that 322 p.m here on friday august 3rd here at live till 5 your live local talk and variety program here on khmg broadcast every friday 3 to 5 p.m here at the khmg studios this is episode 275 and i have in studio a special guest notice the olympic fanfare theme because we're talking to our gold-plated guest Ben Middlebrook with an E. Middlebrook has an E at the end of it, by the way. Right, Ben? Yes, it does. All right. So Ben got to compete in some awesome... I'm going to just let the song play behind here for a second. Uh, He got to play in some awesome... Running some awesome events this summer. Ben, why don't you tell us... First, you were in Saipan. What did you compete in there, and how did you do? Uh, Well, in Saipan, um, I competed in what was called the Micronesian Regional Championships... Uh, that was an event devoted to track and field events. So everything we did there was just track and field. Um, I competed in the 3,000 meter and the 5,000 meter on the track. Um, I got a silver in the 3,000 and a gold in the 5,000. How many laps is a 3,000 meter? Uh, 3,000 is about uh, seven and a half laps. All right. And then uh, for the 5,000 meter... What would that be? 5,000 is 12 and a half. 12 and a half laps. All right. 
And uh, in Saipan, did you guys run during the daytime, like in the heat of the day or at night, or how was that? Oh, uh, we ran. Uh, we ran pretty. It was pretty hot. Uh, the three thousand, I think, was around uh, three thirty to four. Wow. Uh, but the five thousand, I ran at two forty in the afternoon. Oh boy, hottest was, part of the day. It was pretty bad. Wow. And you went there with a number of uh, Guam delegates. Uh, we had a big team that went up there, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And Guam cleaned up. I mean, we we do, oh, yeah. we are a bigger team here. So, but then really that was just prepping you for the big competition in Yap, uh, the micro games. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, what other uh, island islands participated in the micro games? Oh, there was, it was uh, quite, quite a group. And we had, of course, Guam, we had Palau, uh, we had uh, Kosrai, um, uh, a couple others, you know. Yeah, and then, all the Micronesia, yeah, basically. Yeah, all, uh, all the main Micronesians, uh, Ponape, places like that. Um, I so. saw in the paper that even an athlete from Nauru, even though their, their island pulled out, he stayed and competed yes. on his own, yes. kind of independently. Yeah, just, there was just one from there, and he, I, I think he, get, he got three medals. Yeah, so. yeah. Even though there's just one athlete, he pulled away with three medals, which yeah. is impressive. And what events did you compete in, and how did you do? Uh, I competed in the 10,000 on the track, uh, 5,000 on the track, and 15,000 on the track. Wow, that's a lot of running in circles. Uh, so how do they even keep track of your lap count for like a 15,000? They just, uh, they have the a lap counter. Okay. So you see numbers every all every time you go through, you see how many are left. But you, occasionally, you know, you'll have people lapping other people. So they have they have a uh, there was a table off to the side with the officials, and like they had everyone that was racing and basically what lap they were on. So okay. even if you were passed or you passed people, they still were keeping track of your personal laps. So they'll let you know every time you go through. Wow. How many you have left? And how did you do in each of those events? The 10K, I got about a, I, a just under 40-minute time. Uh, that's That was one of the events I pulled a silver from. Uh, we had uh, Ryan Matienzo that went with us, and so he he and I ran the same events together, um, the 10K and the 5K. So he, he took the gold on that one, and then I came off with a silver with a 39, I think 39 and a half about time for the 10K. Uh, the 5K we did the next day in the in the evening, and I got the time I was I, I was aiming for uh, better than 18 minutes, and I got late 17, so just about just about making it, and that was the second event I pulled a silver from, cause, and Ryan got the gold. Um, the 15K I did two days later in the morning, and that one. I got about uh, one hour and three minutes, and that was the one I pulled a gold from. Wow. Now, to run consecutive days like that in the heat, was it difficult? I mean, did you have to do a lot of extra stretching or massage or anything to be able to get your muscles ready to get back out there and compete? Not too much. I, I, I've, been, I've been um focusing more on harder, a little harder work here and there more often than I used to. So I just basically, after I did my event, of course, I just stretch, I do my cool down, uh, but I, then I just took it easy, just let my body recover and get ready for the next event. We, but it wasn't too bad because I had a, basically a whole day in between the 10K and the 5K, and then about a day, uh, 
then then like a full day and even more for the, to rest up for the 15th. So I had plenty of time to recover. It was just uh, not really doing much physically um, to be ready. Did you have to take your own food or anything like that, or did they provide all that for you guys? No, the uh, Guam National Olympic Committee provided meal, meals for all the athletes. So we had uh, breakfast at the hotel we were staying at, and then lunch and dinner were provided every day from GNOC. Okay. All right. Great. And uh, what would you say was the most, like, the most memorable part of the whole micro games? Honestly, uh, bringing back medals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was, it was just mem- cool, memorable to be in that atmosphere of, of re- representing a, a place, an island, and just in that area where there's so many people around, there's people cheering for you, cheering for others, but you just hear that is, it was, it was a very neat experience to be able to do that. And, you know, and bringing home some, some hardware was a nice bonus. Did you bump in into any of our HBBC alumni or HBBC students while you were down there? Oh yeah. I, I saw, I saw quite a few, uh, some graduates, some current students. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to not run into me. I'm kind of the white guy there. <laughs> yeah. Stick out. <laughs> so now when you were uh, getting ready for this, when did you know that you were going to compete in these events this summer? Um, I knew about the micro games a couple months before uh, before July. and then So that was already on my mind. And then a little bit later, I found out that they wanted me to also uh, compete in Saipan. Mm-hmm. So that that got me excited for that, but yeah, I knew I knew a couple months in advance, so it gave me time to start training uh, specifically for that and to get that work on. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, because I see you training in the heat of the day here, mm-hmm. and uh, you're not just on an air conditioned treadmill somewhere watching <laughs> uh, HGTV. So uh, now. What's the next track and field event for you? Do you have any coming up in the next couple months? Funny you should ask that. Um, I don't have a track and field event coming up, but um, at the end of this month, I will be traveling to Australia to compete in a uh, 10K cross-country championship. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Now, is that representing Guam or just independently? I believe so. Okay. I believe I I will be uh, representing Guam. So are you going alone or is someone else going? No, there'll be there'll be one female athlete along along with me. I believe that's just uh, the two of us and probably some officials. How did you find out about that event? Um, I was I was approached. Uh, well, I, I was contacted a little bit before the mic before we left for the micro games. Um, that they were putting my name in the in in, in a question mm-hmm. for should we. Maybe we should send this guy. Um, and really, this is um, this is just uh, honestly uh, a gift from God because I was like, I was, I, I'd be happy to to do this, but honestly, I can't really afford another trip right now. Right. And so I got I got word a couple of days later that they're going to cover all travel, all accommodations, wow. and everything. And so I'm basically being sponsored and sent over to oh, that's great. compete in this event. That's great. Now, where in Australia is it? Uh, Gold Coast. Okay, okay, is, is where it's going to be at. Okay, so even though it's it's actually winter time there, it's going to be a, it'll be, I believe that'd be northern Australia. So it'll still be warm. You won't be running in the cold at least. 
it looks like it'll be a little chilly. Yeah, cool, much cooler than here for not, sure. Not running here. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you'll have to work out in the freezer or something in between <laughs> now and then. So uh, you've been running a long time, Ben, ever since you were a kid, and um, uh, cross country, of course, middle school, high school. What keeps you running now? I mean, how come you haven't just quit? I'm good at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. No, it's just it's just something I enjoy doing. I don't know why. No one else knows why. It, <laughs> it's just I go out and I run and I enjoy it. Yeah. It just it it's become a part of me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you're the cross country coach here at Harvest, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you're instilling that. You already have some cross country preseason practices happening, right? I've yes. seen some yes. seen some runners out there with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you try and pass on to them when it comes to a love for running? Basically, just you know, uh, to enjoy to enjoy the sport because this is this is a sport that if you don't enjoy it, you will not do well because it's really sometimes it's just running laps and mm-hmm. just something like that. So it's finding finding something in it that you enjoy and just building off of that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what's the? I mean, what's the biggest benefit to you personally? Like, what what do you get out of it as far as uh, uh, enjoyment, or wh- what is it that that you like about it? It get, you you get a sense of being of being free every now and then when you run. I mean, then you know you just get the the side stuff. You know, you're always healthy. You're mostly healthy all the time. I mean, you're mm-hmm. always working out. You're always you know burning those calories. So it just it just keeps you keeps you healthy, and you know the healthier you are, the happier you are. In, sure, in my book. Sure. Now you run a lot of local five Ks as well. Yes, like almost every weekend, right? Basically. So uh, what's your what's the uh, your favorite five K here on Guam so far? That's hard because you've run almost every five k. We've, you know, one year or another, you've probably run every one of them. Basically, what's what's? Uh, I know you're gonna, um, you love the Harvest five k, of course, actually, but you know, I, yes. Uh, besides the Harvest five k, I probably it's not the easiest, but it it's my favorite. Would be the um, Manilao Golf Course five uh, k, mm. where we're running along a golf a golf course, and you get the nice view. You get good scenery it's just that that's that's one of my favorites just because you get to see um beautiful beautiful views yeah. from that area of the island so for those listening at home the manilao golf course race i believe is 5500 meters so it's 10 percent longer and it has a a vertical climb at the end that's that's a mile long and it, it <laughs> comes up like 700 feet or something like that oh, it's yeah. ridiculous so uh, when Ben says, "Oh, it's beautiful views and stuff," most people don't see that because of the uh, you know uh, uh, sweat and tears coming out of their eyes uh, the whole way back up the hill. But so, and then uh, Ben, as far as uh, Guam marathons and half marathons, are you going to be running some of the longer distance races on Guam this year? Uh yeah, yeah. I'll probably stick though closer to the half marathon distance. Just that's kind of my comfortable long distance. Um, I might, you know, in the future, go try to go back to running more marathons if I can. But for now, I'll probably just stay around that 13 Middle mile. distance, yeah. yeah. So, so but you've probably. run even an ultra before, right? Didn't you guys yes. do the perimeter solo? Yes, yes. How was that? Long. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was exciting. Um, 
run all the way through the night uh, around the entire southern half of the island. It was it was really just a test of endurance, uh, willpower. Can we keep going on? Yes, we can. So that was that. That's a memorable run, being able to do that. Yeah, that was like that's forty miles, right? Uh, I think it, it's about forty-eight. I believe Whoa. forty-eight Whoa. miles is the total. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> that's uh, most people listening at home are like, this kid's just crazy. I mean, you know, why didn't just Jared just say it? He's just crazy, but <laughs> he's crazy for he's a good crazy. reason. He puts the, he puts the crazy in the right direction at least. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben, uh, if you're trying to inspire maybe someone that's getting back at running, what what would you say as we wrap up this interview? What would you say would be as something to inspire people to get back out there and start running some more? Don't quit. Don't quit. That is that has to be like the number one uh, advice I can give. Because I I mean you said I've been running since I was little, and if I had quit a little bit for a year or two. I don't know where I'd be now. Yeah. So if if you're in if you're in running right now, don't quit. Don't stop. Just keep going. If you're if you're not good, you will get better. It will improve over time. That's that's one thing I've learned. So don't don't stop. Don't don't think you're not gonna get somewhere because I never thought I'd be representing Guam so early on in my life, if ever. So, you know, don't stop. Your time will come. Yeah, awesome. All right, Ben, our gold-plated guest. Thank you for coming by today, Ben. Thank you. All right, and listeners, that's Ben Middlebrook with an E. You can follow him on Facebook and uh, cheer him on as he goes to this big event in Australia coming up uh, in in a couple weeks. And uh, check out all the different articles on GSPN and Guampedian and Guam Post about how the Guam national team and the runners did in uh, the micro games and in... Uh, not only in micro games, but also in Saipan this summer in the regional games. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Stranger Than Fiction and a weather update from Sebastian. So stick around more live till five after this short break. Here at the studio, KHMG, 88.1 FM, live till 5, episode 275 on this Friday, August 3rd, 3.42 p.m. A common man that needs no fanfare is Sebastian Basildua. See what I did there? That's the fanfare for the common man. You're a common man, needs no fanfare. I'm a common man. As my kids used to say, if you have to explain it, Dad, it's not that funny. Okay, so... uh, (laughs) Let's cut to the chase here. We want to get a little weather update. Now, this is the Friday afternoon 342 weather update. So if you're listening to the rebroadcast on Saturday or on Sunday night, this weather forecast is obsolete. Just so you know. 
and we'll say that at the end just in case you catch the end of it. So, Sebastian, give us a little yeah, weather it, update for this weekend. It might be obsolete because the most of this weather is happening over the weekend, and that's what a lot of these warnings are for. So, um, not a lot of warnings, but we've got a right now some highlights are as of current, we have a small craft advisory uh, going on from 6 p.m. this evening to 6 a.m. Monday. And um, west winds of 19 to 24 miles per hour. And they'll become hazardous at 24 to 29 miles per hour overnight. That's windy. Oh, yeah. And uh, south Sorry, west- you don't need commentary with that. It's just weather. But you oh, know, I'm, trying okay. to, I'm trying to jazz yeah. it up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Southwest winds will increase further Saturday, peaking to 29, peaking at 29 to 24 miles per hour. Gradually subsiding Sunday and Sunday night. Seas of 5 to 6 feet today will increase overnight and become hazardous at 9 to 11 feet early Saturday morning. Uh, Larger seas are expected farther north where seas could reach up to around 13 feet Saturday afternoon and night. So this is going into the weekend. That's huge. Um, Yeah, so a monsoon surge associated with a tropical depression east-northeast of Alamagan, Commonwealth of Northern Mariana Islands, is producing widespread cloudiness and scattered showers across the Marianas. At 7 a.m., the tropical depression was located 525 miles northeast of Guam. There are no watches and warnings for Guam right now. Um, it looks I, pretty wicked on the yeah, satellite imagery. It does. It does. Um, yeah, the monsoon surge is expected to strengthen Friday night and Saturday for the Marianas. Winds are expected to increase 25 to 35 miles per hour with gusts to 45 miles per hour in heavy showers Saturday and Saturday night. So rainfall of three to six inches is possible through Sunday. Wow. Yeah, so that's uh, kind of wet weekend, windy. Yeah. Uh, So if you have any uh, outdoor activities, you might want to do it now. Unless you're Ben Meadowbrook, he'll go running in that. He doesn't care. Of course. I don't yeah. have the best shoes I call for it running. cool weather. Yeah, oh, there I, you go. I was going to say, Ben, uh, just keep an eye out if a large man surpasses you on one of those 5Ks. There you might, go. I'm training right now. Someone's on the couch to 5K plan. Uh, yep. Golf, <laughs> golf carts aren't allowed, Sebastian. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. All right. Well, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to take a real short break here now and then come back and finish out this hour. So, listeners, stick around. We have a little more live till 5 coming up. The last few minutes of this hour to finish up and then we'll be back wrap up this hour then Lawrence will join us in the second hour Ben's going to stay around for the quiz we're going to have a great time second hour so stick around listeners my name's Jared Baldwin this is Live Till 5 episode 275 Friday August 3rd 3.45pm here at KHMG Studios follow us online at khmg.org follow us on Facebook Harvest Family Radio Guam and you will get updates and cool stuff every time we we uh, send something out there. So stick around more live to five after this break. back with a little more live till 5 is 3:51 p.m. Friday August 3rd. We got Ben Metalbrook still riding his wingman here along with Sebastian Basildua. 
Ben really doesn't like running at all, but it's the only way he could get himself on the show that's, was to right. go out and win medals and run around the southern end of the island solo through the night. And finally, after 275 attempts, <laughs> he made it onto the show. So really, Ben loves being on the show. <laughs> he just uses running as the vehicle to get himself on the show. So so I think I'm, uh, I'm done. I'm yeah, done. there I'm you done. go. I'm done running. I've, Speaking I've of stranger it. than fiction, uh, you know, since Ben, <laughs> ben <laughs> might be. Uh, let's see here. Um, here's an interesting one. I don't endorse tattoos at all. I just thought this was very interesting. One Kmart super fan. I didn't know there was such a thing. But one Kmart super fan. Unless you go and see the tour buses late at night here on Guam. Let me start a third time. One Kmart super fan has reportedly made her love for the chain permanent by inking a tattoo of the Superstore's logo on her ankle. In recent days, an anonymous Australian woman has made waves online after sharing images of her new body art. Facebook fan page called Kmart Hacks and Roasts, a tribute to her lifelong Kmart addiction. At the end of the article, this is a Fox News article uh, posted yesterday, she proudly declares, it's done, and I'm not regretting it one bit. I wonder, 10 years from now, 5 years from now, 10 hours from now, if uh, she might be changing her tune. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Speaking of races, now, this would be more in my category because this this is slow. Matter of fact, it's so slow, it's snails slug it out. It's a play on words there. At racing, at the Racing World Championship in Congham, England, the race starter stood up and shouted, Ready? Steady? Slow. The crowd cheered, but the competitors remained stuck at the starting line. Welcome to the World Snail Racing Championship. More than 150 snails took part in the annual event, held at a summer fete uh, festival in Norfolk, eastern England, on Saturday, where a silver tankard stuffed with lettuce leaves was the prize. Uh, the snails are placed on a special damp cloth marked with three concentric circles, and the creatures race 13 inches the outer ring. We take this seriously, snail racer John McLean told Reuters. We have got training slopes. We look at diet. We are drug compliant as well. The whole, it's, uh, it is the whole thing when you look at elite sports. The competition has been held since the 1960s, with each race lasting several minutes. Competitors are able to select a snail from the organizer's stash or bring their own. Joe Waterfield from the nearby village of Grimston found the eventual winner among her plants. I pulled him out this morning and told him if he'd win, I wouldn't squash him. Waterfield told Reuters. I think they made a like a Pixar movie about snails that race or something like that. I can't remember. Remember, wasn't there one about a snail or a slug that was like really fast? No, I don't remember this. Yeah, I think there was. I I think there was. (laughs) Anyway, obviously, wasn't worth watching. Now, here's another (laughs) record. Uh, Let's see here. In Orid, O-H-R-I-D, Macedonia, by Reuters as well here. Swimming instructor, lifeguard, and adventurer, Yane Petkov, Bulgaria's answer to the Houdini and Michael Phelps combined, reclaimed on Tuesday the Guinness World Record for... Swimming along with his hands and feet tied while fully wrapped inside a sack. Impressive. Yes. Petkov, 64, which is also impressive. I'm hoping to just 
be able to fall into the water at 64, swam 3,380 meters in Macedonia's Lake Ored, beating the record of Indian fisherman Gopal Carvey, who in 2013 swam 3,071 meters, so exceeded it by over 300 meters, in the Indian Ocean, though not in a sack. The Bulgarian swimmer already had one entry in the Guinness Book of Records in 2013 with a 2,030-meter swim, but he only held it for three months until he was overtaken by Carvey. Before his latest attempt, Petkov said he had planned to swim 3.5 kilometers, and Guinness observers were present for his swim, organized by the Red Cross and the Water Sports Club of Orid and Petrik. Petkov took around three hours to worm his way along through the water, face up and feet first, before he emerged on the shore in the ancient town of Orid, a popular holiday resort. Do you guys think you could swim in a sack with your hands and feet tied? Feet first, face up. I if, can barely swim without that. If the pool is <laughs> empty, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be kind of embarrassing. Hey, guys, I'm training here. I'm just <laughs> let me climb in my pillowcase here. Here's here's an interesting one. I'll probably wrap up the hour with this. Identical twin sisters to marry identical brothers live happily ever after in same apartment. So two sets of 24-year-old identical twins who had their first date together and became engaged at the same time are now preparing to tie the knot in Michigan this weekend. This is happening like tomorrow before living together in a two-bedroom apartment. Identical twins Chrissy and Cassie Bevier from Michigan Center will marry Zach and Nick Luan from White Lake. In the in Grass Lake, those are all Michigan towns, uh, on August 3rd and 4th, the Jackson Citizen Patriot reported. Chrissy and Zach's wedding will be held Friday while Cassie and Nick will get hitched on Saturday. The four will have their reception Saturday night. Um, and basically they all met in a psychology class. And the teacher basically asked the class at their college, uh, are there any twins in the classroom? Because psychologists love to study twins and stuff like that. So two identical twin guys marrying two identical twin girls on the same day and they're going to share a two bedroom apartment wow after they get married that's intense uh yeah yeah i i don't know how you'll be able to tell the nieces and nephews apart <laughs> because uh, that's a lot of a lot of genetic uh similarity there so yeah. be very interesting that'll be i wonder if the kids will be twins w- wouldn't that be neat that'd be too much too much thinking. That'd be too. That that would Who be are really you, cool. Child, <laughs> and if they, you know, yeah, man, you, you, it's, it's a little, little creepy, but funny. So we'll go with that. All right. Well, uh, we have about a minute here before the top of the hour. In one minute, uh, Sebastian, what are you guys doing this weekend? Oh man, I'm gonna go clean up my house. Uh, we just got moving, done moving, so we're still sorting and everything, and uh, yeah, relax a little bit and uh, get ready for another school year, right? Cool, cool. And Ben, what are you doing this weekend? Hmm, I think I should go run. Uh, yeah, yeah, you should. You haven't done that enough. What else are you doing besides running? There's more to do? Yeah. Well, hey, I guess not. Hey, I'll, I'll explore. Okay, all right. Well, and if you do something else miraculous, <laughs> we'll have you back on the show as well. Oh. But, you know, because you're Ben Middlebrook and because you represent a large segment of our listening audience... I want you to stay around for the second hour and play the quiz with us with Sebastian. Mm. All right? So you stick around? Deal. Sebastian, you're coming back? Of course. Listeners, you're coming back as well, right? Right? Well, okay. Now, now that I'm staying, they are. Okay. Great. All right. Listeners, stick around. We're live till 5 in the second hour. You're listening to us on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. 
And we're back with a little more live till 5. It's Friday, August 3rd, 4.04 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Glad to have you with us. Episode 275. Our theme today, races and records. Races and records. As we talk, we talked already to Ben Middlebrook, but he's hanging around because he wants to be here for the quiz. He's a competitive guy. And Not he wants either. to see if he can win the quiz. <laughs> and he's also hanging around to see if he can get another cup of this mediocre coffee. Hey. So, you know, one of the benefits of being on this show is every week, at a minimum, you get some mediocre coffee. And when I say minimum, I'm really, it's, you can't get any lower than that. It's, it is, it's, a, it, but it's fresh mediocre coffee. Chris came back uh, after towards the end of the break, and he was like, "I made some more mediocre coffee." And I was thinking, "How could it get more mediocre?" <laughs> but then I realized he <laughs> meant uh, <laughs> he was just saying more quantity wise of mediocre. So, wah, wah. there you um, go. You know, I have this little this little book that was provided me by another Meadowbrook. Helen Meadowbrook provided this book called "Accidents May Happen: Fifty Inventions Discovered by Mistake" by Charlotte Foltz Jones. And I've been using this as I've been working my way through what I call happy little accidents here. And uh, here's one for you. Now, some of you have no idea in the world what this is. Other people, if you're the right age, it makes sense to you. QWERTY, Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Look at the keyboard of any standard typewriter or computer. And there is no standard typewriter anymore. Um, Q-W-E-R-T and Y are the first six letters. Who decided on this arrangement of the letters and Why? So, you know, they call it a QWERTY keyboard. If you have a regular mm-hmm. keyboard, it's a QWERTY keyboard. Yeah. That's instead of them being in alphabetical order. People tried for centuries to invent a typewriter. In 1714 in England, Henry Mill filed a patent for a machine called the, an artificial machine, an artificial machine or method for impressioning or transcribing of letters, singly or progressively, one after another, as in writing, whereby all writing whatsoever may be engrossed in paper or parchment so neat and exact as not to be distinguished from print. That machine probably didn't sell because no one could remember its name. Uh, but the first practical typewriter was patented in the United States in 1868 by Christopher Latham Scholes. His machine was known as the typewriter. It had a movable carriage, a lever for turning paper from line to line, and a keyboard on which letters were arranged in alphabetical order. But Scholes had a problem. On his first model, his ABC key arrangement caused the keys to jam when the typists worked quickly. Scholes didn't know how to keep the keys from sticking, so his solution was to keep the typist from typing too fast. Scholes asked his brother-in-law to rearrange the keys so that the commonest or most common letters were not so close together, and the type bar would come from opposite directions. Thus, they would not clash together and jam the machine. The new arrangement was the Q-W-E-R-T-Y, QWERTY arrangement, typists use today. Of course, Scholes claimed that the new arrangement was scientific and would add speed and efficiency. The only efficiency it added was to slow the typist down since almost any word in the English language required the typist's fingers to cover more distance on the keyboard. The advantage of the typewriter outweighed the disadvantages of the keyboard. Typists memorized the crazy letter arrangement and the typewriter became a huge success. By the time typists had memorized the new arrangement of letters and built their speed, typewriter technology had improved and the keys didn't stick as badly as they had at first. But the QWERTY keyboard became well-established and people who tried to introduce other keyboard arrangements quickly withdrew their typewriters from the market. 
Author Mark Twain was one of 400 customers who purchased the Remington typewriter in 1874. And in 1959, Mrs. Carol Forrestal Wadshaw Betchen typed 176 words per minute on a typing test. 176. So when I was in high school, we had to learn typing. I took two years of typing. And I got up to about 65 words a minute without error. Now, I can't quite do that now, but it's, I'm still pretty fast as opposed to like hunting and pecking, like what m- most of my kids have learned. So typing is a dying art as far as like taking a class on it. Most people, the reason they're not teaching it so much anymore, keyboarding, is because by the time the kids are in fifth or sixth grade, they've already kind of created habits of how they type things out. But we did the Cortez Peters Jr. Method. And we've listened to an audio recording of him saying A S D F J K L semicolon return Q W E R T Y. You know, and we'd have to type while we listened. And then we worked our way up, and he would do, you know, the brown fox jumped over the lazy dog return, you know, and we would have to work on that. We had the Mavis Beacon. Mavis, Mavis Beacon. Beacon. Yes. Yeah, and that was yes. a very popular... Uh, she wasn't a real very, person. No, she wasn't. <laughs> they they used the picture of an African-American lady yep. on the, the cover of the software packaging that originally came out with that and the book, and they wanted people to believe, okay, Mavis Beacon was a working class secretarial expert. But really, I think Mavis Beacon was just a made-up name by the company that came up with the method for, for that teaching. And it was a software program, I yep. believe, it was I primarily. I how to type with mm-hmm. her. Yeah. So, uh, but typing is a valuable skill to have. If you know how to type, um, you get stuff done a lot quicker. Oh, yeah. So, I'm, and, and now there's, you have to learn a second form of typing with your thumbs, too, because you do the two-thumb method when you're texting or typing on your phone. Um, I still see some people use their index finger and try and type on the screen. Instead of oh, using yeah. two thumbs, some some kids are so good on touch screen they can uh, probably type not even looking at their screen. Yes, and they're able to mm-hmm. just type away with their two thumbs. Well, and I remember um, well with autocorrect that I, also helps too. Blackberries or something they had a they had a type of keyboard where um, you would drag you could you could remember bef- you had either a choice with the QWERTY keyboard which was like on the the BlackBerry originally and then others. Or you could try and write letters. Uh, maybe Chris remembers this, but you could kind of tr- start to trace a letter, and it was like a form of shorthand, and the letter would appear. And uh, instead of, and you literally wrote out the letter. Palm Pilots had it first, and then others had it, and you literally would trace it out instead of typing it out. Oh. And then I think the QWERTY keyboard, the Q W E R T Y keyboard, won over. But yeah, a blast from the past. Okay, gentlemen, Woo-hoo. here you go. Bizarre world records, because we're talking about records records and races today. I want to share a few of these, and we're going to take a break. Then we're going to come back and play a quiz and have this day in history and probably criticize the coffee some more. But uh, Now, there are a lot of crazy records out there, but if you're interested in trying to break a record, so Ben, you're probably not going to beat you know some of the, like Galen, Rupp's uh, uh, American Marathon or whatever. You know, he's, he's running it in two hours and one minute or whatever. So no. you might not break that, but you could run the fastest half marathon pushing a stroller. That so the male record for a half marathon pushing a stroller was Neil Davison. One hour, 15 minutes and eight seconds. That's hardcore. Yeah. 
I mean, that must be a great stroller. There's one running in a suit, too, I think. Yes, that's it. Uh, you oh. can always practice running in a full suit, running wearing scuba diving flippers, running uh, or any other strange outfit. <laughs> uh, Is there also, one where I combine all three? Uh, you, you know what? That's if a you new contact, record, right? There's, there's a whole... You can look up all kinds of web uh, links on how to uh, register yourself to be able to break a world record. For example, I think Sebastian should try this one. Most toilet seats broken by your head in one minute. So the record is 46 in one minute. Kevin wow. Shelley of the United States. There's actually a video online of this. Wow. The guy breaking toilet seats with his head. 46 in one minute. And wow. you can watch the YouTube video. Most, a lot of most rotations hanging from a power drill in one minute. Okay, so you hold on to a power drill that's stuck into something. And you squeeze the trigger and let it just spin you around like, like a rag doll, basically. <laughs> uh, well, in one minute, okay, or most rotations, yeah, in one minute, 148 rotations. Uh, his name was the Hai uh, Guang from Germany. Crazy. All right. Heaviest weight lifted by, now there's a lot of weightlifting uh, records, but the heaviest weight lifted by a tongue, for example, 27 pounds, 8.96 ounces, Thomas Blackthorne Ouch. in the UK. Heaviest weight lifted uh, by the eye socket, 30 pounds, uh, 0.86. Yep. Wait, what happens if they fail? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, you, don't <laughs> you don't end up you on the try. list. You don't end up on the list. You could try. Um, heaviest lifted with both eye sockets, 51 pounds. How do you do that? <laughs> heaviest uh, lifted with one ear using a clamp. Okay, you have to clarify Ugh. here. 178 pounds, 14.4 ounces. Wow. That's like having a Ben hanging off your ear, basically. But plus Ben, you know, carrying two jugs of water. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. Okay, full body ice contact endurance. This is okay. my area right here. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, really painful. A guy named Wim Hof of the Netherlands. Of course, he's Dutch. He can he can handle it. It's cold. <laughs> um, one hour fifty two minutes and forty two seconds. Wow. Woo uh, let's see here. Who was on uh, Discovery Channel's Extraordinary People series? By the way, fastest time to burst three balloons with the back. So you have to the the. The wings of your shoulder blades, those scapula, have to come together close enough that you could pop a balloon with them. Wow. So first off, not everyone could even do that. No. Secondly, to be able to pop a balloon with them, uh, the fastest person to do it, Julia Gunthal, a.k.a. Zlata of Germany, holds the record, taking only 12 seconds to burst three balloons with her back. No comment. Most watermelons chopped on the stomach in one minute. This is something you can practice at home, you know, work your way up if yeah, you if you not? have someone to it depends on if you're the chopper or the choppy. <laughs> the record is twenty five watermelons in one minute, achieved by two Australians. Jim Hunter was the watermelon chopper, of course, if you're born with the name Hunter, of course you gotta be the chopper. <laughs> and uh uh Celia Curtis. Um wow. Okay. Most t shirts removed while heading a football, meaning like soccer ball. So taking off a t shirt. And then heading the soccer ball. So you're juggling the ball with your head and taking off T-shirts. So it means you'd have to have on a lot of T-shirts to begin with. Then you take one off, Arm head the ball. It's that's crazy. This guy, uh, of course he's from Brazil. Sorry of to course. typecast. But 21 shirts, Marcelo Ribeira da Silva of Brazil did it. Um, 
Let's see here. Most steps uh, walked by a dog balancing a glass of water. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Sweet Pea, an Australian Shepherd Border Collie, currently holds both records in this category. Sweet Pea has walked a record of 10 steps up going backwards and 10 steps down going forwards while balancing a glass of water. Impressive. So the dog can walk backwards up the stairs and backwards down the stairs holding a glass of water on its nose. Wow. And then this one I thought was uh, particularly interesting and disturbing all at the same time. Loudest purr by a domestic cat. Now, we have a few cat lovers out there listening. Then we have a few chicken lovers that really don't like cats at all. And then we have dog lovers that don't like uh, cats or cat lovers. So, uh, But we have the loudest purr by a domestic cat. It recorded at 67.7 dB, held by Smokey the Cat. Smokey is a domestic cat and achieved the record in its home where he felt relaxed and happy. Uh, accessories used during the recording attempt to include a grooming brush, slices of ham, and being stroked by hand. That's Smokey the cat, 67.7 dB. That's like yelling the purr. I had a cat named Smokey. Really? He ran away. Maybe he went on to have a great, you know, ham. life in the Guinness. He's know, now famous. filled life. Uh, and finally, longest distance pulled by a horse with a full body burn. Okay, so this one might just take the cake, according to this Mental Floss article, of the most bizarre. Neither part of this record, being dragged by a horse or being set on fire, seems at all appealing. Maybe this just, just goes to show the links people will go to get their name in the Guinness Book of World Records. So the person sets himself on fire, and then the horse drags them. Okay, so it's not just being dragged by a horse, which is awful, I'm sure. <laughs> And it's not just being set on fire, which is terrible, I'm sure. But set yourself on fire and then get dragged by a horse. That's what you call a really bad day. <laughs> the record is a distance of 472.8 meters, or 1,151 feet, 2 inches, achieved by Halapia Roland of Hungary. How did they come to the conclusion of wanting to accomplish this? It's just not natural. You know what would be a good idea <laughs> for a record? Let's be dragged by a horse. Hmm, that's already been done. Hmm, okay, let's uh, set ourselves on fire. Has that been, has that been that's done? That's been done. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, what, I, what I think happens, honestly, it's someone's buddy suggests it. <laughs> hey, I know it'd be fun. Why don't you set yourself on fire and then get dragged by a horse? I'll get the camera. And you'll end up in the Guinness, Guinness Book of World. I'll, yeah, I'll get the camera. <laughs> and I'll have the fire extinguisher. That's great. Awesome. Okay, well, hey, guys, stick around. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Sebastian's quiz, a little bit of this day in history, and some more live till five. I'm gonna go refill my cup of coffee right now. Mediocre. Listeners, stick around. Mediocre cup of coffee in a mediocre cup. Hey. But you know what? I'm a mediocre guy, so it's okay. Anyway, we'll <laughs> take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes after this. With a little more live till 5. It's 424 p.m. on this Friday, August 3rd, episode 275 
Talking about races and records. Sebastian's here. Ben Middlebrook with an E is here. That's right. Chris Harper's here. And uh, just wanted to put in a little plug for our website, khmg.org, khmg.org. You can go there to download the podcast of this show. Because we know a lot of people can't just listen to two straight hours of this show. I mean, as much as you want to, you just might not have the time. You might be running errands or dropping the kids off or heading to Kmart or whatever you're doing. But we don't want you to miss any part of the show. So go to the website, khmg.org, download the podcast, and you can listen at your leisure. Matter of fact, you can do what I do. Listen to things at 1.25 speed. You'd be surprised how gratifying it is to know that you just got an hour in in like 47 minutes. It's, it's great. It's great. So... Go to khmg.org and download the podcast of this show and many other great shows that are produced right here at the KHMG studios. Uh, Chris Harper and Sebastian work very hard producing all of that content for you. We want it to be a blessing to you and a resource. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any way you can follow us. We appreciate it. Now, we do have... Uh, hey, was Lawrence? Did Lawrence just walk in? He, yes, did. he did, and he then did. he glanced at his iWatch, and oh. I saw the green and red circles. Oh and boy, it was a call. okay. He's got to take that call. It's, I'm sure it's very important. Okay, so um, Lawrence will be here shortly, but uh, Sebastian's going to be conducting a quiz today for us. And so, Sebastian, I'd like for you to uh, give us a little. Let's let's play the the epic music. There Have you been go. doing quizzes the last few weeks? Yeah, awesome, always. Okay. Always, I'm on it. Except last week, we didn't have any music. Okay. Well, here you go. Here's your no, epic that Sebastian was the week music. Last was week. it? Was it? No, because you were in. That was last week. <laughs> yes, I called this the five Q. The five Q. Can you guess why it's called the five Q? Oh, five questions. Of, there are ten questions. There's five questions instead but, of the five K. Oh, there we go. Hey. In reference to the five K. We're competing. I like to do everything in miles, so it's really a 3.16 question. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, Lawrence might rejoin us here in a minute. If not, it's okay. It's doing a running quiz. It's like general information, and you might, Ben might might have some different experiences. I tried to fact check the stuff as best I could online, but uh, yes. I'm just putting that out there. That's okay. All right. One of my favorite topics. We'll let Ben go first because we do that with our guests. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Well, question number one. What is the best way to replenish potassium? Potassium. (laughs) Potassium. When running. I don't know. Potassium. uh, Coconut water or banana? Banana. Am I next? Yes, you are. I would say banana as well. Banana. I would say... Coconut water. Coconut. And uh, and look who's here. Lawrence Nangast, the man, look, the myth, the, cat the legend. In. A man who is not deficient in his potassium at all. <laughs> wow. That's, we, we, all right. It, that's, a, that's a segue into the question uh, Sebastian just asked. We're, we're, the theme today is races and, and records, and we're talking about running because, of course, we have our resident uh, Olympic athlete here. Not yet. Uh, Olympic and training. And uh, Sebastian just asked a question. Can you re-ask the question yes. for him? What is the best way to replenish potassium when running, coconut water or banana? Just two options? Yeah. Oh, I'll go coconut water because banana seems too obvious. Ah. I do both. I, I say coconut That's water. That's the rules. <laughs> All right. Well, the correct answer is coconut water. There you go. 
See, I would just eat a banana and wash it down with yeah. coconut water. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Double potassium. He, he found that fact That's on bananas.com. <laughs> exactly. Is that website taken because I wanted yeah. it? <laughs> Question number two. What does it mean in running if you were spiked? Mm. Another runner takes his hand and jabs it into your side. Wow. Another runner That's jabs violent. you with sticks. You fell over into the mud. Or another person cut you with his spikes. I'm sorry. There, there's only one answer in there that's unlike the other three, which all involve violence on the racetrack. <laughs> so, I've never I heard about this. I was trying to picture a volleyball coming at me in this race. So, okay. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Give us the four options again. So, someone takes their hand and jabs you in the side while you're running. Uh, someone jabs you with sticks while you're running. <laughs> uh, Seems very like. Watch out, Ben, when you get to Australia. It's cross country. <laughs> Where are the sticks? Yep. No, they'll cross just jab, jab you with snakes. Um, oh, there you go. Ouch. Uh, you fell over into the mud, or another person cut you with the spikes. I'm gonna go. Spiked. Oh. I'm gonna go with the fourth option. Someone cut you with his spike. Mm, okay. All right, Lawrence. Yeah, I, I don't know. Those those are all good answers, but <laughs> they are. <laughs> They're wow. great. You're They're generous. terrific answers. They all make generous. sense. Yeah. Uh, sure. I'm going to go with falling in the mud. Falling in the Thank mud. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I, I would I would think the only the only thing that might happen is somebody ahead of you, maybe when they take off, that would cut you with the spikes on the bottom of their shoe but i don't know where I you'd can't. find mud anyway on the yeah, track it's cross country so i'm i'm gonna do the another runner cuts you with their spikes yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do that as well because in the longer distances they do get kind of caught up in the in the grouping so i would mm-hmm. say getting cut with spikes well good job lawrence for giving everyone a point you're welcome um, thank you lawrence Yes. Lawrence is a giver. When you are spiked, it hurts. It's the best. It usually happens in a very important race when the competition level is turned way up. Way <laughs> up. Right. Watch See, out, I if, if you wouldn't have given us answers for that, I would have thought maybe you you <laughs> went too fast and you got that's to your maximum speed. Yeah, yeah, really. well, that's why and I had to give answers. I was answers. thinking I was your, kind your of maximum that, that energy level right. expired. They like spiked. You, you're spiked. Too early. Yeah. By the way, how do you like that coffee there, Lawrence? It's okay. I was half expecting oh, it to it, be cold. It's a little is it mediocre? mediocre? No. Is it mediocre? Just a little mediocre. Uh, yeah. I'd On a scale of one to ten, what number would you give it? Uh, we'll go with five if that's what we're all wanting. Okay. Oh. It's mediocre, right? Say, ben, <laughs> ben, what number would you give the coffee today? Mm, I'd give it about six. Okay. I, I'm, I'm a little pessimistic about it. Uh, Chris, what number would you give it? I'm going to give it a six because I made it. Okay. There so you, you have an optimistic bias. I'm going to give it a 4.7. Four point seven. Okay, that's not bad. But anything is mediocre for between three point six. We were having a, a scientific discussion about this. Of what three point six to seven point five? Yes. So even mediocre can be twice as good as mediocre if the bottom go. mediocre is three point six and the top mediocre is seven point four. It's over twice as good already. Seven point two. Seven point two. But yeah, seven point four is yeah. even more than double. So that's research based. It was, you know, numbering. I'm working on my masters. We we did a lot of googling. Yeah, survey monkeyed that. that one. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's not good. It's not bad. If it was uh, if it was ten degrees hotter, mm-hmm. it would be a it would be a six for me. Yep. But the uh, the heat of it kind of well, and it's puts it's a damper. It's kind of, but it's fresh. Um, oh, yeah, and so, it, and uh, at least we put it in a dirty cup for you. We did. So uh, I always appreciate that. <laughs> now, what is the brand of this coffee, Chris? Uh, that. That every, was Folgers. Is it Folgers? Okay. Oh, it was? Yeah. I thought that was, it wasn't that Everyday was Essentials? 
No, it wasn't Everyday Essentials. I saw that in there. It's Folgers, but it's Folgers Classic Blend. Okay. Classic. Uh, Is that what it is? I thought it was Colombian. No, no. You got the Colombian, and then you got the the Special Roast. Oh, Special Special Roast. Are you a Folgers guy? Wow. I'm... The well, cheapest. My my <laughs> radio budget is <laughs> is Folgers. It's a Folgers <laughs> Starbucks taste on a Folgers budget. <laughs> yes, Not, classic. Exactly. So this, you know, what it's doing is what you're you're just priming us for what's in my coffee coming back. Sure. The hub reopening. Yes. Absolutely. And people are there dying for it because we're all yeah. sitting around here ranking a cup That's of right. coffee. That's right. That's right. So yeah. <laughs> describing okay. It. So uh, next well, question. Well, I I rank it seven. If you're wondering. You're not, You're not drinking, drinking it. I had two cups of it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Right. I'm not drinking a third. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> Special roast. Well, now, just because of the marketing, I want to market at least a full point higher. How did I get classic roast out of that? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe there it is might, one It might be. It might say special roast. It might say classic, you know, oh, aroma be. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. Here we go. Next question. And speaking of good research and Googling, uh, what do most coaches suggest you should eat in the morning before a race? Nothing. Eggs, bacon, and juice. Bagels, toast, and juice. Or French toast and milk. There's no way these guys are going to be able to answer that. Can you redo that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were discussing medals or looking right, at yeah. medals. What do most coaches most coaches suggest you should eat in the morning before a race? These are most coaches they suggest. Uh, nothing. Mediocre coaches. Yeah. <laughs> you should you should uh, drink mediocre coffee from www.mostcoachessaythis.com. <laughs> All right. Nothing. Eggs, bacon, and juice. That's Bagels. Specific. Bagels, toast, and juice, or French toast and milk. Bagels, toast, and milk? What? Juice. And juice. Juice. And juice. Yeah. But bagels and toast. Then out of those, yeah. what would you eat? Like, what would you want Eggs, bacon, in the morning? Ba- bagels and toast. French toast and milk. Bagels if I were and given toast those options, I would go with... Uh, breads. I would go with bagel, toast, and juice. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Bagel toast and juice? It's like, why not just toast toast and juice or bagel bagel and juice? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the, the not the eggs and bacon. I'm going to go with French toast. Get a little sugar, a little carb. There's milk with that. Yeah, there is. Could you give you gastric distress? <laughs> not, not a few. Not Make a you few run okay. quicker. Yep, you could. <laughs> you run right off the track. The <laughs> just you'd like. You run into the, just th- uh, to the restroom. Just give me my gold in a minute, fellas. Okay? All <laughs> right, Chris? I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> what, what did you do? I went with the French toast and milk just because it okay. makes me hungry right now. I, oh, yeah. I think I, I think you need to. I think you need the breads. I, I'm thinking so. The bagel, toast, and juice seems about right. But what do I know about running? You know what? a lot because I think that's the right answer. But Is I'm going to go with nothing because nah. we get thrown off sometimes on these answers. I would Ooh. go with the all breads and juice, but I will go with nothing. <sighs> and eggs and bacon gets no love. That's but right. that's not the correct answer either because it is bagels, toast, and juice. Yeah, see, you guys got it. <laughs> that so, sounds great to uh, me, So who picked that? Ben, uh, I did. Picked, uh, bagels, uh, ben and Chris. I'd ben take and Chris. That. See, yeah, now, yeah, now yeah. that I know you're asking who picked, I'm just going to wait till the right answer is revealed. No, there you go. Go. It was just a lot of talking, and I couldn't remember. Well, the listeners at home are keeping score, so you can't get away with it. Short memory. A lot of judges. I don't remember the first we'll hear question. About it with later. sensitive consciences, yes. All right, next question. Which of these is not a brand of shoe? Nike? Um, a, a six? A six. 
<laughs> this is your specialty, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> That's mediocre. That was mediocre. <laughs> Adidas or lightning? You know, Ben, ever since I've known you, you've been a trash talker. Which, so, is, <laughs> which is I'm not sorry. Yeah, which okay, is not a so go at, okay, Nike, Asics. Asics, Adidas, and lightning? Yep. Lightning. <laughs> um, what? It's not a shoe. <laughs> not a brand of shoe. Not a brand of shoe. Lightning? Lightning, lightning. Li- what do you think, Chris? It's lightning. <laughs> lightning. Um, I'm going to say. Give us a point. Adidas? Adidas? Adios? Adidas. You're saying Adidas? It's not a, a shoe. You're like. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> Good answer. Well, Jared. Being kind and giving everyone a point. Thank you, Jared. Lightning right. is the correct answer. Lightning. Yeah, yeah. Lightning. There's pro. There probably is. Some it sounds like it should be other a brand. brand somewhere. This lightning shoes. I wish it were a brand. That'd be. I, great. I'd, I'd buy lightning I'd buy shoes. Lightning. Here's the last question. I'm bitter that my parents made me wear Buster Browns when <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> that, but that was that a boomerang that. shoe, though. It was the boomerang yeah, shoe. That was a boomerang shoe. It is very aerodynamic. So let's not forget about that. When the bully throws it, at least it comes back to you. Oh, next question. What is the term used to describe a runner whose feet do not make much of a rolling motion when landing? Ooh, flat-footed. An underpronator, a normal pronator, an overpronator, or a heavy foot striker? I'm going to guess pronator somewhere in the answer. Or heavy foot striker. So pronator, over, under, or normal. under a, normal or over? Yeah, it's it's a heavy foot striker. Heavy. Up Ben. Because pronator is well, I want to explain it later. I'm gonna go with a. a under yeah. under under mm. pronator. Read the description one more time, please. Whose feet do not make much of a rolling motion when landing. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He- heavy Origin, f- please. So you're going with heavy foot striker? Mm-hmm. I kind of, that, it seems it needs to be more ordinary. So I'm going to go with heavy foot striker. Okay. I'm going to say over pronator. Mm. So you're under, over, and we're heavy footers. Penn is the champion here. Wow. He the under pronator. Under pronator. Wow. Good yes. job. I thought that was the roll of the foot from side to side. Not yeah, but it has to do with I like your heel dragging and stuff like that. Yeah. This, no, it's right. There's it, because, a nice diagram of it. Yeah, the shoes. They, you can tell by the way they wear shoe out. I have, oh, here. Asics. Oh, this yeah, very thank Asics you. shoe I have Ew, right put here. Put that away. Is, <laughs> is for, is for under pronating because they put <laughs> right. Exactly. Gel in this side, That's right. not this. That's right. Because I, because your foot's not rolling. I roll. Properly. I roll from the outside in, yep. and so I have gel over here, which is why the shoe doesn't wear out. Yeah, mine part. wear out in the back All my after shoes one wear long out run. That's uh, Ben's run with me before. It sounds like I'm cross country skiing <laughs> with no time. snow all the time. <laughs> That's how you run. <laughs> yep, really bad. I've done marathons Scrape like that. Scrape the shoes. I wore out a, a pair of shoes in a marathon. But just, you don't walk that way, though. No, not really. That's good. It's just you just get tired when you're big guy. Anyway, hey, what's the score? <laughs> score is Ben four, Lawrence two, Chris three, and Jared two. And feeding the legend woo-hoo. that whoever goes first wins. Feeding the legend and the fact that Ben, for just reasons, should have won the running. That's course. right. That's right. <laughs> that was close. The five I Q. Sweating. I don't know if you heard it, Lawrence. It's called the five Q. The five. The that's Q. the new. Well, the, this quiz was called the five Q. The five Q. I at thought it was two. pretty clever. Yeah, yeah, that was clever. Hey, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, <laughs> this day in history with Lawrence Nangas. So, uh, listeners, stick around. Short break. 
after this melancholy bumper song and a little bit from Tony Dungy. Be right back after this. A little more live till five, episode 275 on this Friday, August 3rd, 4.43 p.m. How fast do you think the fastest 100 meter sprint? What's the the record, the world record for the fastest, fastest way to break the microphone? Fastest 100 meter sprint. What do you think is the fastest? I if you get within like, half a second, I'll give you a second cup of coffee. I think it's like 9.16. 9.16, you say? Yeah, I think so. All right. Ben, what would you say? For m- fastest, you know, the this males are in human, the top right? of the category. By a human, by a, uh, the male is the fastest. Yeah, Very famous male. Yeah, I know who it is. Yeah, but I know who. I don't think he's uh, ever gotten Bolt. under under nine. That's why I said something low nine. I yep. want to say yep. maybe like around 9.26. Okay. So I have one Chris, six what do you think? Two six. I, I'm totally it's like going the price with is these right. guys. Nine seconds. Nine seconds. Thirteen. <laughs> well, if I was guessing, I would say uh, 9.58 seconds. Whoa. Usain Bolt from Jamaica. 100-meter Olympic record, 9.69, was so set by Bolt later. at the 2008 Summer Games in Beijing. Fastest time ever was also set by him, 9.58. That is the world record at the uh, World 09 World Championships. There's speculation that he's going to join a professional soccer team oh. in Australia, Gold Coast Mariners. Really? Yes. That's cool. And so there's some speculation about that. They were in uh, talks with him. <laughs> wow, he'd be yeah. a great striker, See, I would assume. Winger, I think he's really. He's yeah, a goalie. he would be, but that that speed, I just it's just different. It's good to be fast, clearly, but the control you still would need to be a soccer player, unless yeah. he grew up playing soccer and he just became a runner instead. He did. He did so he's still up. a good soccer yeah. player then. Yeah, it's probably his second sport, right? So, yep. Yeah, second, Tyson Gay from the United States, 9.69. Yeah. Asafa Powell that. from Jamaica, 9.72. Which is crazy because what, back in 2000, 2004 with Michael Johnson yep. in the gold shoes, they were in the upper nines, I think. Yep. Yeah, so um, 9.86 is the 10th fastest, and that was by Carl Lewis, the U.S. Wow. wow. He was he won uh, all those nine Olympic gold medals and yeah. eight world championship golds. At that pace. So, yep. Justin Gatlin, who I believe He's his Olympic gold was taken away, though, for, for steroid use, yeah, for that juicing, been, right? that might have been. Fastest woman, Florence Griffith Joyner, Flojo. Uh, I got to watch that in the 1988 Summer Games, where they played a different Olympic fanfare. Chris and I both pointed out. Uh, 10.49, fastest one, Flojo. Um, let's see here. Carmelita Jeter, United States. Marion Jones, who was stripped of all her medals. Marion Jones did get 10.65 seconds in 1998, and then it goes down from there. I haven't heard any of the rest. Okay, hey, you know what? It is Friday, August 3rd. A lot has happened in history. Always does. You know, there are probably... These days are packed. Thousands and thousands of things that have happened in all the August 3rds in previous years. Yeah. We'll start with a little known fact. Okay. 
1492, Christopher Columbus sailing the ocean blue. Are you serious? Set sail on his first voyage with three ships, the Santa Maria, the Pinta, and the Nina from Palos de la Frontera, Spain, for the Indies. Wow. The Indies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thinking he was just going to sail west and reach India. Why not? Instead, he ran into the uh, Caribbean islands, and actually, Columbus never stepped foot in America. Uh, otherwise, we'd be called, you know, North Colombia and South Colombia. Mm-hmm. It was Amerigo Vespucci who was the one that discovered the the American continent for Europe. Uh, Columbus was just pumped to find land and find awesome spices in the Caribbean, but wasn't India. 1798, Battle of the Nile, British Admiral Horatio Nelson forces the remnants of the French fleet to surrender, concluding a decisive victory for the British who capture or destroy 11 French ships of the line and two frigates. Uh, Napoleon... Have you been to to London? I have not been to London. Isn't his... uh, Have you been to London, Chris? Uh, Trafalgar Square. Trafalgar Square, right? And it's Horatio Nelson is uh, on top of the done. I have done my duty, he said before he died. Mm. Mm. Yeah. On board ship. The... the, the Napoleon, the Napoleon. Napoleon only lost two times um, before the Battle of Waterloo, and they are both to Horatio Nelson on water. Wow! So everything that uh, um, Napoleon fought on land, he won until the Battle of Waterloo. But this guy had his number, basically, is mm. what it comes down to. And he just wasn't. They just weren't as strong a navy for obvious reasons as England, and uh, that's a lot of it. Uh, 1900, Firestone Tire and Rubber Company is founded uh, by Harvey Firestone. Uh, what a cool name. Yeah, Harvey yeah. Firestone. Of course. Yeah, I mean, not Harvey, cool. but Firestone. I liked their logo type, too, as well. You yes. Know, you remember that cool writing of Firestone yes. with yep. the fire coming off? Yep. Yeah, on the That's cool. Yeah, yeah because, you can, think. because they yeah. would have that on race cars and stuff like that. Yep. Cool. 1934, <laughs> Adolf Hitler merges the offices of German Chancellor, which is what he was made, uh, and President, declaring himself de Führer, or the leader, and that's what they called him. But um, 1934, this is pretty much the beginning of a seven-year, uh, actually less, more like a five-year trek to World War II, uh, even though things were put in motion much earlier. Uh, 1943, General Patton slaps a USGI in the hospital accusing him of cowardice. Not. Wow. Yeah. Extremely shocking. A little bit. Pat was. A little bit politically incorrect. Prob- yeah. Probably. <laughs> you coward. Yeah. Interesting. Anything you read about him. That's, um, that's also how you wake. It w- he woke his kids up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of bed, you coward. Dad, don't make me. Uh, Patton, if you ever read any of those killing books, they, uh, they, re- they wrote a book about killing Patton. And uh, he was just exactly like that in as far as the demeanor goes, but with just everybody. And the guys that were in leadership, so Eisenhower uh, specifically, and any of the other generals that were kind of up in his group, hated working with Patton. So they always sent him somewhere else. So which is why he went through Africa, then he was in Italy, and he just kept showing up and, and ended up being you know one of the greatest generals America's had, uh, especially at that time. But uh, it's just kind of funny looking at history because you kind of think they all work together. <laughs> yeah, they all kind of work together. But in reality, uh, you know, there was a lot of things being worked around and worked through. You, want, you uh, wanted to attack Russia at the end of yeah. World War II, yeah. right? He's ready to keep going. Yeah. 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 In, in, um, I'm just going to walk into my office, mate. 
You coward. <laughs> coward. <laughs> Do that. Do that. <laughs> I wouldn't advise he's, it. He's, he's a pretty big guy. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, moving on. Last few things uh, on this day in history. Uh, in 1981, 13,000 air traffic controllers begin their strike. Uh, U.S. President oh, Ronald yeah. Reagan offers Ooh. ultimatum to workers. Mm. If they do not report to the work within 48 hours, they will have forfeited their jobs and it will be terminated. Yeah. So that's one way to get uh, yep. through a strike. Uh, but that many going on Because it crippled strike. the whole United States. Oh, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. safety, everything. You, you know, unlike other strikes where it's maybe a production-related issue, this was a, you know, it's a federal thing. So, yeah. All right, last two here. Morgan Freeman is injured in an automobile accident in 2008 near Ruleville, Mississippi, when his car flipped over several times on the highway. I was Miss Daisy driving? I mean, he must have been. <laughs> he have been. was driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot. Was she in the I car? I thought maybe Miss Daisy was driving. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's they were fighting over never the again. That's, that's the <laughs> Never again. They were that's fighting the over the steering wheel. That's the, the irony. You coward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the last thing here is just a, a fun um, sports thing. I actually just lost my... Uh, More fun than Morgan Freeman flipping his car multiple times in <laughs> well, Ruralville, Mississippi lived on the in, highway. And calling someone a coward. To act another day. That's true. Um, well, yeah, I, my, my phone just, you know, reset, so... You, you coward. coward. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all right. Why, yeah. why try to Keep say anything guessing. else if that's the, you know if what? That's if, the only lesson and takeaway you know from this day in history? People are going to want so much more next week on August 10th. They're going to be like, oh, man, I feel like I missed a little something. So well, I'm next coming week back. We'll, be within, we'll be within one week of starting school. Which, that's right. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, we'll have already completed one full week of staff in service. Yep. and. So it'll be good. All right. Well, we're going to take a very short break, and I'll let you guys get rolling. I'm going to come back and wrap up the hour. So listeners, stick around. And uh, guys, thanks for uh, stopping by. See you later, Lawrence. You coward. And uh, <laughs> listeners, we'll be right back after this short break. God, walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last few minutes of live till 5, 4.55 p.m. here on Friday, August 3rd. If you ever missed the show, you can listen to the rebroadcast Saturdays noon to 2, Sunday night 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound Saturday noon to 2, Sunday 7 to 9 p.m. When we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, or you can download the podcast through khmg.org. want to mention, as we wrap up the hour, been working my way through this World Watch List 2018, the 50 countries where it's most dangerous to follow Jesus, put out by Open Door Ministries, country number 19 on the list. And the source of their persecution is dictatorial paranoia, 
Turkmenistan. Turkmenistan is extremely repressive for religious minorities. The police, secret service, and local authorities monitor religious activities, raid non-registered churches, and attend church services. The Islamic culture makes the life for converts to Christianity particularly difficult. The printing or importing of Christian materials is restricted, giving... Given increased nationalism and the spiritual guidance of the dictatorial president, the pressure on Christians will likely remain at a high level. Pray for Turkmenistan, and uh, even though it's considered one of the most restrictive countries in the world, pray for increased freedoms in the country. You also pray for believers from a Muslim background who are fiercely pressured to return to Islam. Pray for protection and endurance, and for security forces who are monitoring Christians to encounter the gospel. Pray their hearts would be softened. They have one of the highest levels of persecution for private life and church life, even though the violence level is low. Uh, the community life, national life, church life, family life, private life, those are all very high pressure in Turkmenistan. Be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ there. And uh, are you going to make it to church this Sunday? This would be a great Sunday for you to start the new semester off right if you haven't been going to church this summer find a Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching church. If you don't know where to go, come to Harvest Baptist Church. We'd love to have you here. 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning is our morning worship service. We have a 9.30 Bible study group time called Adult Bible Fellowships. We're all combined in the auditorium this week. We have children's programs for all ages. We'd love to have you come and visit us at Harvest Baptist Church if you don't have a church home. If you do have a church home, make sure you're faithful there, a church that's preaching the Word, having you open your Bible, reading Scripture, preaching Scripture, singing praises to the Lord, serving one another. That's what the body of Christ does. I want to encourage you to be faithful to that. That's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to stay accountable. If you do come to Harvest Baptist Church, let me know you're here. I'm one of the pastors here, um, the executive pastor at Harvest Baptist Church. My name's Jared Baldwin. You'll see me up front. I'd love to meet you if you listen to the show. We love getting anecdotal evidence back from those that are listening, because sometimes we don't know how many people are out there listening. So it's really encouraging to Chris and Sebastian and Lawrence and myself when we hear from you that uh, you've been listening. You can let us know through Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Leave us a message there. We'd love to hear your feedback. Send us a private message through there. Through our webpage, khmg.org, you can contact us through that. You can stop by the radio station Monday through Friday during business hours. We're on the third floor above the hub. Or... You can just see us in person. We love to know that uh, we're being a blessing to you. And that's about it. The fastest two hours of my week. I'm so glad I'm back for my trip and able to be here with you this afternoon. And uh, this is episode 275, Races and Records was our theme. It was great to have Ben Middlebrook, gold and silver, silver medal winner from this summer's games training for a big event coming up in australia we'll be praying for him we'll have him back on the show when he gets back from that as well and glad to have you with us today this is live till five here at 88.1 fm khmg harvest family radio barragata guam stick around for srn news